Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Now, get ready to spend the next two hours with our three sports-loving ladies, Lauren Brooks, Taylor Dahl, and Mia O'Brien. This is Helmets and Heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Happy Galentine's to you, ladies. Oh, and happy Valentine's to everybody else. We're just missing a little wine and then we'll be okay. I could use some after that traffic, I hate to say. We are not missing a little wine. We're missing a lot of wine. (laughs) Yeah, coming back from that Guggen Hoop shoot just now in uh, Ponte Vedra High School, a nice uh, cool hour plus to drive back. So uh, be safe out there if you're on the roads right now. A a couple of accidents out there, so. It was last year that I got to the players and then the weather turned ominous. And I got a text saying the show will be at the radio station now. No. Oh, yeah. And this is like right before three o'clock. And of course, everyone now is kicked off the Coming golf back. course. I was in traffic for almost two hours getting from there to here because obviously the the roads there are super bad. And that up. was yeah. for the practice rounds or round one or that was for round one, right? That was Thursday. I think. Okay. That wasn't even the uh the Saturday mad no, rush. No, I was in that too. Yeah. That never, was crazy. Never forget as long as I live. Yeah. But the show for did three hours. The show did go on. We had shows yes. in vans. We did. We did our we did part of the Frangie <laughs> show in the van between Mr. Chubby's and the golf course because the <laughs> weather then changed again and yeah. we wanted to do the show out on the golf course because golfers would be playing. And so at the last second, Richie, our engineer, just did a magnificent job. But yeah, it was, that's how it dedicated was wild we are. weather. And that's right. <laughs> we are always going to do our best to deliver people what they need, right, in the world of sports, even with hurricanes. 1010XL is always broadcasting. We <laughs> we are not like some other stations. Yes, we are literally, uh, I, I think somebody joked that I have now the record, and I've only been full-time at 1010 for 10 months, uh, the record for a number of remote shows to ensure that the show will go on, whether I am bringing you the show from Atlanta or New Jersey, looking out my parents' window where it's snowing, we make sure we bring you the content. That's right. All right, JJ, you're the only male of the group. Did you do a good job for Valentine's Day? I did, <laughs> but it's far from over. So I, I have, I haven't even really seen my girlfriend, okay. like except for this morning a little bit. But yeah, yeah we had an incident. Um, I don't know if we want to rehash it. We talked about it on XL Primetime. That was a long time ago. And even I though I heard ha- it, I want to hear it again. Okay, I had flowers set up to be delivered to my girlfriend's work. I like to do that. I like to make all the other, her coworkers jealous <laughs> because their man did not get them flowers. Or if their man did, then you it just was... have to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> like JJ did it again. Correct. So anyway, <laughs> correct. I, my girlfriend was sleeping in like uh, way too late. <laughs> and I'm like, man, maybe she's just rolling into work late today, whatever. I get up, get my gym clothes on, and I'm like, hey, babe, you are way late. Like, you got to get ready. I don't know what you're doing. She freaks out, jumps in the shower. I say bye. I assume when I get back from the gym, like 30, 40 minutes later, she's gone, you know? Of course. She wasn't gone. And she was in street clothes, (laughs) not her work uniform. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) And she's like, oh, I just called in today. And I'm like, oh, so the thing that you complain about from all pe- your coworkers all the time, you're doing just because you woke up a little bit late. Like I was super 
aggressively annoyed. <laughs> and, and she only was because like, because the flowers yeah, have been delivered. Yeah, but to I didn't tell her that at first. Right, so of I'm just like, at first. I'm like, I, I'm just like, I can't believe you. <laughs> I'm Why disappointed are you in yeah. you. <laughs> and she's like, you're annoyed at me. I don't care. Like that's the face she made. She goes, okay. Like I don't give a damn. And so finally, I just looked at her and I'm like, I ordered you flowers. They're on the way to your job. And she was like. Oh my gosh! Should, should I go? Or, like, can we call and get them moved? And I'm like, yeah, I'll call and get them moved. The day of. The morning of. Ooh, so yeah, I called difficult. and it was like 9:30 in the morning, and yeah, at this point she can't go in. She, That's too late. Yes, I mean it would have been hilarious. I would have loved it, but she was like. Uh, yeah, we can do that. It's fine. Uh, no problem. We'll get it taken care of. They were literally on the way. Like, oh, wow. uh, yeah. So my girlfriend texted me not too long ago. She's like, the flowers haven't come, by the way. Oh. So I'm like, good. I hope they put you last <laughs> on the list like you deserved. But uh, yeah, hopefully they they do come through. But by maybe the end they of were the delivered night. to my the personal favorite part work. of this story when JJ told it on uh, XL Primetime earlier today was when he described his girlfriend because she wears scrubs to her job. Uh, he described her as in street clothes. Yeah, she was in street clothes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, not gas that, station I'm like, clothes. That's not what you wear. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's not your, your job. Clothes. Clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to gas station clothes yeah. that Taylor calls. <laughs> People are things. like, are you worried that you outed her for not going into work? I'm like, no. She's the lazy one. <laughs> and But and also, this... you wouldn't have like made a deal if you didn't have flowers like trying to surprise her, right? Yes, I would have. Really? Uh, yeah. Because. <laughs> I I just don't what you just woke up a little late to work and you don't want to go like that's I I don't like that and and she constantly complains about people doing that at her job so it's like what do you listen I don't want to get sexist I don't want to get sexist but I mean Uh I understand girls tend to not go into work a lot more than we do for smaller issues really see I I find it the opposite we also go to work dealing with worse issues when you guys have a little headache so I I haven't missed one day of work ever that wasn't like a paid vacation I came I had my sinus infection where I was dying and I was here at work I I don't call out Taylor takes off the day after her birthdays folks yep that's it I want you to know that that's called a vacation day (laughs) that's not a sick day I use my vacation I had surgery on a Friday and I worked on that Monday I had didn't work yeah. on the day of surgery, obviously, because yeah, yeah. I was doped up. But I that would have been, been fun. What? <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever medicine they gave. I mean, I w- no, actually I mean didn't surgery take... on what? Oh, I had sinus surgery. Interesting. Yeah, and so my uh, my head was draining, let's say, for oh. quite some time after. But oh. I just uh, had a lot of tissues and powered through. Uh, I do have a quick funny story, also Valentine's related, from earlier. So our great friend Graham Marsh. He now that Taylor moved to the other side of the building, Graham took over. I never see me. him, by the way. Right now, Ever. He's, yeah, now he's at the the side entrance closest to the door and the parking lot, so you never will see him and the kitchen. It's all down on our side. But anyway, so he's like, "Oh, you know, have a great show," and I was like, "Thank you." I was like, "But you know, it's it's Valentine's. Like, I don't get to have like a lovely dinner mm-hmm. with Brian for Valentine's, and you know, all that stuff." And I was like, "But it's fine. It whatever. It's fine." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I get it." He's like, "Yeah, we're not doing anything fancy. We're just having a picnic on the beach." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, he was deadpan. So I was like, is he being sarcastic because he knows how much I love picnics on the beach? Yeah. Oh he doesn't know me God. that well. <laughs> he knows I love the beach, though. So I can't tell. And then he was, yeah, he was serious. And he didn't mean anything. But he just yeah. was like, yeah, we're doing a picnic on the beach. Like, nothing crazy. And I was like, do you know how much better that sounds than working till 8 p.m. on Valentine's? <laughs> 
I mean, come on, man. Come like, on, that's Graham. all. That's all I'm doing. Uh, I also want to bring you up. You guys are doing that tonight? That's what they were doing. Graham, Graham and his, his girlfriend were oh, doing it. Yes, I he was. See, he, I, see, I was I like, see. are you trying to rub it in? Yes, he, he was. He wasn't. That, that's like a hum. That's a young guy <laughs> being like, I'm going to act like I'm being humble, but it's just totally a big deal. I know. <laughs> You're not fooling me, bro. I was. Flex not fooling me. Uh, so uh, speaking also of Valentine's, you guys did a great job with the 1010XL Valentine's cards. Oh, thanks. Thank you. However, the Juju Smith-Schuster oh, one, no. in my oh. opinion, was classless. He posted oh. a picture. His of ja- post. Yes. <laughs> yeah. he, he posted a picture of James Bradbury and said, I'll hold you anytime. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is just taking no, it a step too far. No, I'll hold you when it matters most. Okay, yeah. I'll hold you when it matters most. Right. And that, to Hilarious. me, it was, uh, you like it? Okay, good. <laughs> I, AJ, I think it's I loved. I loved AJ Brown's response. Yes, is he what did a I great liked. job. Because he had yeah, his teammates back. he's a loser. Back. Who's a loser? A.J. Brown. Oh, because of the Super Bowl loss. Yeah. So this is A.J. Brown's tweet, by the way. First off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You were on the way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. He admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congrats again, man. To which Juju Smith-Schuster responded, glad you were finally able to get all that off your chest after all these years. Good game, bro. Yeah, see, that's the A.J. Brown one to me is Classlessier than the other. <laughs> like he he posted a funny meme, right? Like this guy went real personal and said he's not a good player and he was about to be out of the league. Like, right, exactly. That's I mean, weird. but he's not lying. These cards are so <laughs> funny, and Taylor and I have gotten such a kick out of all day how everyone and their mother uses Canva because this Juju Smith Schuster one is also clearly made on Canva. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Jaguars it, ones were too. Yes, correct. Oh yes, we had it's that discussion like a earlier. Stock image right, it's literally like a just black, stock images background. with like the, yeah, exactly. And so that's what makes it all the more funnier. And he mean. might not be wrong about that, but it's still like very. It, you sound like a loser. Right. But Juju did that. He just did it with a meme. Like, he didn't directly, like, type a paragraph. But what he did was pretty much the same exact thing, and he started it. He just didn't use – he used a meme to do it. Yes. That's why it's like social media is crazy. Because you can, like, post like a, a quick meme. attack, though. It is on Bradbury. Bradbury, yeah. And AJ, that's his teammate, so right. of course he's going to stick it And I also agree team. with AJ Brown that James Bradbury – did admit yeah like but that they makes, all, that's the whole team was like they got him, us right though. but that's what opens it up more like to to make the meme because he did admit it yeah so i mean i think if he hadn't admitted it or if he had like said like no i didn't hold him then juju saying it no one would be as upset i think people are upset because james bradbury was so transparent and was like yeah i did it he really bailed the refs out he looked like the good guy mm-hmm. and so now all of a sudden you're like oh juju why are you throwing salt on a wound mm-hmm. that was already closing well, I have to hear. There's one that floats around, and this has floated around like every year since the double doink. But <laughs> he literally, and someone tags it, tags me in it every year, and it's <laughs> it's very hurtful. But at this point, I just laugh because it's been a long time. But it, it says it's back. a picture of Cody Parkey, but it says, "Girl, you must be a field goal because I've been missing you." And I'm like, ouch. <laughs> but there's multiple Cody Parkey ones, and like that first year, I was like getting angry every time someone would tag them in me. This year. I'm like, whatever. You're six afterwards. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to get over it. <laughs> starting. <laughs> you can only do what you can do, and that is to try and just heal from these <laughs> wounds. I'm sure wherever James Bradbury is, he's fine. Yes. And I, I agree with A.J. Brown as far as Patrick Mahomes resuscitated Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster's career. All right, we will get to more of the Super Bowl coming up. You're listening to Hummus and Heels, driven by Tara Outlet on 10 to next on 92.5 FM.
Tradition in Duval. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Big news. Helmets and heels listeners. Big news. Ooh. Music themes are back. You already know Bye. the news, Taylor. <laughs> I was like, what are we learning? <laughs> what are we learning now? <laughs> Music themes are back. Football season is officially over. So, Taylor, the- um, it's obviously a Blink 182 cover. It by this girl, Taylor Acorn's her name, but it was my brother's first dance at his wedding, and it was the first time I heard this version, and I love the original song because it's like 182, so when I heard this, I was like, oh, this makes it sound sad, like sad happy. You know, not sad, but it gives you like emotion feeling. <laughs> sad but maybe happy? Sad. I guess That's sad. That's definitely a real Maybe thing. sad because if well, you, you have- you cry at a wedding. Yeah, like yeah. you're, it's like you're emotional, yeah. but you're also if you're them. like single and lonely, it makes you feel sad if you're <laughs> happy. <laughs> You're oh, happy. Now we know the direction <laughs> Taylor took it. Amazing. And sad happy. I love it. Well, that to me is one of my favorite parts of going to people's weddings mm-hmm. is figuring out their first dance or getting to like find out then their first dance yeah. song, especially if I don't know in advance. Oh, I just love it. Well, speaking of music, Chris Stapleton, I thought absolutely crushed the national anthem on Sunday. I knew he would. Uh, I had friends that asked me if they should bet the over or the under. I said take the over. I was completely wrong. He came in under. But I think that that speaks to how he didn't really want to like make it all about him. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to put out a very Chris Stapleton-ish rendition of the national anthem. It was close. It was it was close. JJ timed it at two minutes. I did. Right, but the over-under was 205. Correct. So that was a full five seconds that he needed to add on to it. But I thought he would, I've seen him in concert multiple times. I thought that he would really lengthen out some of those notes, like especially Brave. And he, like I said, though, he did it in a, such a classy way, opposite of the guys we were just talking about. I loved it. Uh, what did you think of Nick Sirianni's tears streaming down his face? So I said this on another podcast last night. Like, I'm okay with it because, like, I've thought a lot about if I was, you know, if and when I'm ever blessed enough to cover a Super Bowl. Like, I would be emotional and not just, like, the accomplishment of being there, but also for me personally, I, I think a lot about the people that didn't get that opportunity or maybe even aren't on planet Earth anymore. And so... Um, for me, like it's something I've actively actually thought about because I'm a weirdo like that. Um, and like I've even found myself at mo- different moments in my career when I reach certain platforms and I'm at a game and randomly, like I remember vividly, I remember the first game I did sidelines for at Ithaca, uh, drink Donna Murphy, wherever you are. Um, I remember like oh, being overcome with emotion and I'm like, I've literally been covering this team for two years already. Like, why am I crying right now? Um, but like it, for whatever the reason, I don't know if it's just like growing up watching sports. I get it. I get how it signifies such an important milestone for certain games and certain times in our life. I say all that. Nick Sirianni told Tom Rinaldi he was going to cry. That's where I have an issue. Like, don't tell them you're going to cry. They're looking for you to cry. And then you do cry. See, I think he told him so that way it wasn't a big story once he did cry. I've cried at national anthems many times in my life. I've had a lot of family that's been in the military, and so that's part of it. When my brother was deployed – I would go to Jaguars games and just like Nick Sirianni, tears would be streaming down my face, like just worried about his safety and things like that. And then you think about all the people that have to do that on a daily basis, worry about their loved ones if they're deployed. And so 
to me, it, the the national anthem is meaningful not just because of sports, but because mm-hmm. of all of the the different things that go into our country. And that last line, like "Home of the Free," you know, and I always think because of the brave. Yeah, I, same. I've also cried at many national anthems, and I I get emotional when the national anthem is being sang at any point, but especially I couldn't imagine when it's at a level of where that's at too, because you're already emotional. There's a lot of things going on. And then when people really do feel that way. And for me, like him saying, telling somebody he's going to cry, like there's many moments where I'm like, I'm going to cry if this happens. Like I know in advance that there's going to be moments that make me cry, that make me extra emotional. And I will tell you ahead of time, like if one of my teams where I cried at the World Series. I knew mm-hmm. right. the moment yep. I found out the Cubs were going to the World Series, I would cry at some point, whether it be from sadness or happiness. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Sad happy again. <laughs> yes, more sad happy. <laughs> but I knew the the moment the Cubs were going to the World Series, at some point I was going to cry. Like yeah. I just knew it. And that's how I am. So I'm sure for him, he was like, it's the biggest stage you can play on in the NFL. As a coach, obviously, that's where you dream of bringing your team to. And so you're in that moment. And then it's... So you have all the emotions of that in addition to it just being the national anthem. And it, it means a lot to a lot of people. The sport that makes me honestly tear up more than any other sport is when I watch my team in gymnastics. When any of the Florida gymnasts get a 10 on any of the different apparatuses or rotations, I literally get tears in my eyes. I'm like so proud of them. I'm like, <laughs> you are old now, lady. <laughs> Everything is making you emotional. JJ, something tells me you would not cry like Nick Sirianni did. No, I thought it was phony. <laughs> I, I think the guys phony. are phony just like like like. Mia said this has been a storyline all Super Bowl week Yeah, was how he watched whichever national anthem it was in the 90s and he Whitney. loves it so much. And and it's like, dude, the camera was so ready. It was the first one. <laughs> He's sobbing. I find most of this is why I like Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. because I find most of these football rah-rah guys to be complete phonies and actors. Uh, I don't think they actually live life like that. And he's one of those guys. I think he's completely annoying. I Yeah, I didn't think it was real. I thought it was a phony move, but whatever. I've gone through weird ups and downs this season with Sirianni. Like, there's been moments where I'm like, this guy gets on my nerves. For example, the moment of him screaming at the fans. Yeah. at the. But that's what makes me, to me, it shows he's a, an emotional person because he reacted off of emotion in that moment, but it was more of like a revenge, like, ha-ha, this is what you get moment, and this was more a different emotional moment. So to me, it, doesn't, it didn't seem fake, but, I mean, right. it could have. It's hard to just fake cry like that. And like, in contrast, just, too, like, that was also defensive. Defending Frank Reich, his mentor. Yes. Like, I'm cool with that. Yeah, and see, like, and at first I was like, don't like it. But then when you hear the story about it, why he was kind of reacting that way, I was like, dude, maybe I do kind of like Nick Sirianni. And then with all the, the things with, like, his daughter up on stage and there was all these cute moments that led up to it. So I've had my ups and downs with him, but I do feel like he's a, an actual emotion person and sometimes that turns into yelling and sometimes that turns into crying. Oh, he's definitely emotional. Yeah. It's not I staged. Just, I, I just think like when you yeah. tell yourself that you're going to cry for this entire time, right. you're going to. And right. I don't think that's genuine. I think it was weird. I agree. <laughs> I think it's I think it's one thing like if you like if we say it like right now versus you're doing a million interviews the week leading up to the Super Bowl, and you're telling anyone that the will The same hear. story. Yes. They keep telling the same story right. about how he cried, he loves the national anthem, and da-da-da. Right. That's where my, yeah, I don't <sighs> know. He, whatever. He's not He's not like an actor, though. Like, there's some no. people, like, who I'm like, you're doing this for dramatic effect. Like, I don't think he was doing it for dramatic effect. I think he's 
just he a like na- hyped himself naturally up. dramatic person. Now, what if he like they show they pan to him and he literally had like no emotion on his face at all? People then would be like, he's a liar. No, he no one like- would talk about it. They'd be like, he's doing a good job of like you know containing his emotions. Probably, unfortunately, just because in the masculine society he was we live in. Sobbing. <laughs> See, I was like, what are you crying about? After I learned that his dad had two battles with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I will say that- But what does your dad have to do with that? Because his dad was one of his, like, three mentors in coaching. And so, so when I he think hears he, the national anthem, he just thinks about his dad? Well, I think dad? that's yeah, the, no, that's I, the I think time that's to possible. reflect, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, my I'm dad here. helped me. Yeah, my, and my dad's still alive to see this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I could have lost my dad. So that's where I go with it because I know anytime I start to think about my best friend who passed away to breast cancer, the Donna was just uh, last weekend or two weekends ago, and I bawled my eyes out on the way to there because I knew I'd be seeing all these breast cancer survivors and it, it's always emotional. So, like, I, I could have told y'all for two weeks, nobody was interviewing right. me, obviously, but right. I am going to cry when yeah. I see people running to try and finish breast cancer. That's just uh, what I'm going to do. Right. But either way, I, in the end, the Chiefs won, in my opinion, because Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, although I thought Jalen Hurts played outstanding. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think the, the big thing for me is the question of, yes, they could have not called the James Bradbury hold we just talked about in the first segment. Um, and, and then the Chiefs would have presumably kicked a field goal, which you would hope Harrison Bucker makes it. Maybe he doesn't, for all we know. So that's worth noting. It would have been a little bit further away. Um, but I would assume he makes that chip shot. And so then the Eagles have, what, a minute 38 if they wanted to, it, it, for them to get downfield and try to score a field goal. While I believe, because their offense was, you know, obviously effective most of the night on Sunday, mm-hmm. I think they could have worked their way into field goal range. But judging by the Hail Mary attempt by Jalen Hurts and the reports on Saturday that he actually really wasn't 100% and that AC joint sprain was still a thing, there's also part of me that's like, let's say they got to the 50 in that minute 38, and so they're still out of field goal range, and he's got to heave it downfield. Could he actually have heaved it into the end zone? Because I'm not sure, how, JJ, how many yards do you think that that Hail Mary from Jalen Hurts went? The Hail Mary was rough. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, though, that he – I sort of believe that he did slip just because earlier mm-hmm. in the game he'd thrown it farther than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I I agree that more most likely they probably wouldn't have gotten down in the field goal range. But to me, like a minute and 45 with one timeout in the NFL is a lot, a lot. longer than we think. I mean, and we see it every week almost. Yeah. Too, like. I I think that if they would have kicked the field goal there, Philly would have went back down on the field and, and kicked their field goal, honestly. that That's how the game was going. It was back and forth. I think that call was huge. I think it won the Chiefs the game. I wish he would have kept it in his pocket just so we wouldn't have to talk about it. It yeah. was a holding. But, yeah, I, I think that's plenty enough time for them to go down the field. Yeah, and I think that's where most people's head was at, was just more so if that didn't happen, then a – a field goal could have changed that game very quickly. And the Eagles punted twice in the entire game, had only punted once in the second half. So when you're looking at what they were able to do, and like JJ said, a they minute. They just thir- went on a drive. Yes. You know, they just scored a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Yeah, so it's not like they hadn't scored in the second half and people were like, well, they couldn't do anything in the second half anyways. They were finding success. So when you have a minute, 38 seconds in a game, and you're like, okay, we just have to get to field goal range. And that, as a that viewer, that would have been so much better than <laughs> yes, literally the that watching ended. a guy take a knee at the one yard line like in no other sport is it 
uh, like an advantage or, or do they not score on purpose? Yeah. It's sort of weird how that happens in football. Yeah, I will say those two touchdowns that the Eagles, I mean, that the Chiefs scored where they kind of used the Jaguars playbook. Hey, Eagles, feel free to to figure that out, especially the second time around. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I understand that it caught you off guard, although the Jaguars literally scored a touchdown against you with that play earlier this season, earlier this season in the fourth game of the year. But, okay, it happens to you once. you got to figure it out the second time, don't you? Don't you have to shift the defense around? And so that's where defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, to me, mm-hmm. who now is obviously is the head coach of the Cardinals, he's got to go to his guys and, and tell Darius Slay, like, you need to fi- do something different than what you did the last time they ran that exact play. Right. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool yep. me twice. It came out today that Sky Moore on the second touchdown was actually on the wrong side of the formation. They wanted to set it up where it was like almost exactly like the Tony touchdown, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Mahomes was like, "Whatever, screw it." I've got it. That is only furthering JJ's propaganda that Mahomes on his way, best of all time. It's wild though because if you just—that's why to me, this may be a bit of a hot take, but I hate like that in the NFL they use a statistic like yards so much, like how many yards a quarterback throws, because Patrick Mahomes had 180 yards and. Jalen Hurts had over 300 yards. There's just so many other factors when you're looking at statistics, but Patrick Mahomes had three touchdowns on 180 yards. So I hate when people are like, oh, he threw 380 like yards Brady. in a game. I'm like, it he doesn't threw matter. Like 5, it doesn't matter. Yards. It's like, oh, well, did you watch? Him yeah. This year? Did they win? <laughs> did he score touchdowns? To me, the, the best when it comes to quarterbacks, my favorite stat, and it's been it for a long time, is completion percentage. Mm-hmm. That, and yeah. And you also like to look at Mahomes yards was like per 21 attempt. for 27 or something. That Correct. just makes a world of a difference. That One means, incompletion in the second half. Yeah, it's insane. With an ankle that you know was all messed up. And again, like Even you said. Even though they definitely put something in that. Sure, of, of course. course. But it, I certainly would not be able to do anything with a re-sprained ankle. Right. Like, I don't care. Even if you gave me shots, I feel like I still would not be yeah. able to do what he was able to do. Correct. Absolutely. You've that. never taken those shots. Better- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I bet you would. And better yet. And better yet, Lauren. Uh, I don't want to try. He was at Disney World. Oh, yeah. Monday morning. So. He was. I wonder how the walk around the park went. Should Should we have... Thought more into naming his kid bronze. Like, is he only going I for three titles? Up. And I then, about that. And then he's going to be what done. What is it? Bronze and what? Bronze, bronze and, and silver? No. No, it's so. with an S. Sterling. Sterling. <laughs> Sterling. Sterling. Yeah. Oh, so it's bronze because he's the third. Right. So his name is Patrick Mahomes the third. That's the kid's name. Okay. Yeah. But as opposed to calling him Patty or Trey or... Um, Trip. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or like uh, Leonard Fournette's son is Leonard Fournette the fourth, and he goes by four. Um, oh my god! Yeah, that's his nickname. The kid's nickname is four. Um, that's so interesting. Straight from Seinfeld. I know. He Seven. can never yes. go on a golf course. I know. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> He'd be like, huh? It's awful. Yeah. But the point is, is that they decided bronze was what the nickname would be for the kid. But yeah, so Sterling, that is silver-ish, mm-hmm. and then bronze. Maybe they'll have a third kid, and that one will finally get gold. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. Who knows? Other kids will be like, "What? Why did he get gold?" What are Brady's kids' <laughs> names? Uh, well, he's got. I think we need Donna here. No, I'm gonna put unquote Donna Norman. would know like first. No, the last, oldest middle. one is like John John Edward yeah. Thomas Moynihan. Yeah, yeah, that's the oldest Benjamin one that he had with Bridget Moynihan. Vivian. Yes, Ben Benny and Vivian. Oh, yeah. Benny and Vivi are the two with Giselle. Those are cute. And then yeah, the kid he had with Bridget Moynihan is pretty generic. So. Nothing wrong with John. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nothing I'm, wrong with it. I wonder if he goes by uh, Johnny or Jay or something like that. Or JJ. 
Possibly. Well, there's only one J, so uh, that'd be weird. JT maybe. That's J- what I was about John to say. Thomas. John Thomas. A lot of JT JTs are the. That is very true. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. All right, we'll keep it on the Super Bowl and, <laughs> and get it to the Combine as well. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tyra Outlet on 10th and XL 92.5 FM. It might cost you a little cash, a little time. Tank gas, drive right past. A Tuesday night tradition in Duval. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010 now. Love and Sunsets by Zach Brown Band. Who's and the singer of that band? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the singer of Zach the song? Brown, surprisingly. <laughs> and so basically just the point of the song is, thank God love and sunsets are free. Oh, I love that. Yeah. There it is right there. Love that. Yes, it's so sweet. I've seen Zach Brown Band a, a ton of times, and I have not yet seen him do this song because it's fairly new, but I love this song, so I hope that the next tour uh, he incorporates it into his set list. This is the time of year when concerts for me start becoming mm-hmm. my priority. Like it's football, obviously, for so long, and then it kind of the calendar shifts, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what concert am I going to next? All right, Super Bowl wise, if we had picked impact players like we do for Jaguars games, would any of us have had Kadarius Tony? No, the former no. Florida wide receiver. No, because he wasn't playing the Jaguars. Right, the only team as many of our listeners or hopscotch. Exactly, he only shows up against the Jaguars. I have often said this. Yeah, so it's the anti-curse, like the Gators, not good on the Jags, but against the Jags. That is a good point. Although Jawan Taylor this year, yeah, yeah, Jawan may get a bad rap for Mm -hmm. coming to the uh, Jags organization, but Jawan Taylor certainly broke that. Yeah, I don't think any of us would have had Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. and certainly that return was game-changing, and, and it reminded me so many times, especially, was it the Titans or the Chargers game with Jamal Agno? It was the Chargers game, right? No, it was the Eagles game. For, and the, and it, it was either the Titans in the postseason, or to get to the postseason, or the Chargers in the postseason, that I remember like thinking... The Jaguars don't win this game if Jamal Agnew doesn't return mm-hmm. that as well as he did. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Sorry. I thought you were referencing the the touchdown play for Agnew. Oh, yeah. But no. Yeah. The, his special teams yes. as far as punt return yep. or kick it return. Been the, it would have been the Chargers game. And to be quite honest, there were a couple of moments in the Chiefs, Chiefs game yeah. as well where I mean, oh, absolutely. they were not able to you know move the ball all that well. But the fact that they could at least get somewhat decent field position is what gave Trevor and the offense an opportunity. And so that's where like you couldn't fault. Jamal Agnew when he when he fumbled the ball like mm-hmm. you, you couldn't blame the loss on him because homeboy like literally was the only reason they were in that position in the first place and yeah. a lot of people believe Frank and Hayes included that he didn't fumble that it wasn't a catch yeah he didn't and, actually make a football move right and they didn't review it the way that they should have but that you know goes back to the officiating that we've already discussed so in 2017 Taylor I remember we were at Frank's house for a Florida Georgia party so it was right before Halloween weekend and I remember Hayes walking away and taking a phone call. And I was like, that's interesting because it's like a Friday night, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, as it turns out, that was when the Jaguars traded for Marcel Darius. And mm-hmm. so he needed to be able to obviously tweet and write and all that kind of stuff. And he, Marcel Darius ended up being a key player 
well, the Chiefs showed that you can make a, a move in season that can affect you in the postseason. Yeah, which uh, and I feel like that's one of the things because a lot of times we compare the free agencies between different organization I mean different leagues and then also the in-season moves that happen between different leagues and a lot of the baseball is way more than yeah yeah. and those ones you get way more I feel like way more of them but also bigger names that happen a lot and I I feel like in the NFL a lot of the times you'll get there's moves that are made but it's never something that you feel is like going to drastically change a certain team Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I think when you are able to hit on one of those, which I mean, I guess we could also consider like Calvin Ridley could, because it was a end season move. We're not going to see until next year, but if that's successful, it's a successful big end season move. And so I I think that we don't see them often, but when they work in the NFL, they definitely stand out more because you're like, wow, these guys just did this mid season. And you really see those moves being made for teams that recognize they are in the window. Yes. Teams that recognize we are in win now. We need Buying to go get those extra. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's a position that this team really hasn't been in for most of the past decade plus. And so that's where it'll be curious to see if there are any holes still come, you know, November of this upcoming season, would they make a move? And then when it comes to Calvin Ridley, like Taylor just mentioned, Mia, tomorrow he can apply for reinstatement. When do you think – Jaguars fans can actually get excited about him joining the team? Um, I think so. From what the timeline I was told, um, it, what it's kind of looking like right now is that they can have communication. So the team cannot have communication with him right now. He can communicate with players on their own time, but the team cannot have communication with him. Um, obviously, they have communication with other entities, whether that's his trainers or what have you, but they cannot communicate with him. Once he is reinstated, they can send him a playbook. They can have conversations with him, but they cannot have him in the building until OTAs begin in April. And what so- if Trevor has a playbook? Yes. An extra one. Yes. That he just gives to Ridley. Which they could do that as well. Well, well <laughs> he yeah. accidentally leaves it on the seat of his well, car. Well, no, so it's more so. It's more so Left because Ridley, Ridley, assuming he is going to be reinstated later this week, like the assumption is, is that he will have a playbook by the end of the week if not next week. And then the question becomes, JJ, if Trevor gets back from Italy and says, hey, do you want to throw Calvin? They can arrange that. So that's where it's – So you're telling me right now, even though he's not reinstated yet, if Trevor Lawrence decided to have a catch with Calvin Ridley, like that's somehow against some rule? I don't think it's written. How could it be? I don't think it's written, so I think that, you know, there's always the potential for that. But maybe you just don't want to risk not That's being reinstated, so you don't do that. Maybe Calvin like, should fly to Italy, because <laughs> then it would be overseas. Yeah, <laughs> over there. International waters. <laughs> right. <laughs> he can't get in trouble. If they throw a football in the ocean, is that really <laughs> United States continental territory? I'm sure right now, though, Calvin's like, man, I just missed a year of football. Let me, Well, Almost and more two. than that, yeah, because yeah. of injury. But let me just not get in trouble again and just like do what I'm supposed to do even if it may seem seem silly how can the NFL really monitor who's talking to Calvin and who's not as long as it's not via text well they obviously monitored his uh his sports betting because he was using his own name I think he wished Trent Balky a happy birthday today is that against the rules happy birthday (laughs) he's been like pretty like cryptic but also mm-hmm. not cryptic with his tweeting and yeah. liking of tweets so yeah he did retweet the Jaguars today to wish Trent a happy birthday <laughs> so if you haven't apologized to Trent yet today's the day folks <laughs> which I don't always get everything on social media again uh being in the older generation 
many men wish Trent Baalke happy birthday versus like just many people? Like why was it many men? Anybody understand that? No, that's another example of shout out to my good folks at the Jag social media. Love you. Um, but sometimes they get two Gen X. Okay. Gen, Gen, two, sorry, two Gen Z on me. Okay. Um, like a lot of makes me feel better. A lot of the celebrities <laughs> that they sometimes like bring in. Many men wish death upon me. That that's like oh! a many men is like a song from Fifty Cent. And yeah, so like, maybe that's what okay. it is. So maybe people hated him. Maybe. Like I said, yeah, I did not understand it, but I figured it was something. But again, okay. but that's such like a deep in the weeds. I mean, it's not deep in the weeds because it's one of I'd probably say one of Fifty Cent's probably top ten, top five best like most popular songs. But like. Again, going into the the rap archives. It's also like a twenty five year old song. Correct. <laughs> so that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Going into the rap archives. I, I don't know if that's what they're referencing. I I'm would think guessing, that's it, only maybe. because they make a lot of rap references sometimes okay. with the. With that's probably channel. why they yeah. go over my head. I yeah. I listen. You're not to, the only one. That's all I'm gonna say. Good. I listen to rap for a brief period in my life. So if it's not from like Biggie Smalls, <laughs> then it's out of my window, which was a long long time. There ago. are some people in the building that uh. That don't get some of the references there, so don't worry. Gotcha. You're, you're not alone. Well, good. I feel much better. Uh, what did you think, Taylor, of Rihanna's halftime performance? Since I know you like Rihanna, yeah, I I personally enjoyed it. I've I've seen a lot of hate on the Rihanna train, but I, it also makes a difference when you enjoy the music of an artist. I'm sure, but to me personally, like some of the complaints were just like she wasn't like it just wasn't enough, and I'm like she was like suspended very high into the <laughs> air, standing on a stage, and, and she was pregnant. Like, what else did you want her to do? And I so I showed them a meme earlier, like on break during halftime because it was someone like belly dancing on like a big belly and they were like what they expected Rihanna to do at like the spinning Super Bowl. on her belly yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it and I think that like, I mean you have what 13 minutes to do this she had 12 to- songs in 13 minutes and it, it I'm sure a lot of people realized how many of Rihanna's songs they knew that they didn't know they knew because she just like comes out with hit after hit it had been a while since she performed live so Seven it was kind of cool yeah. yeah why has it been so long I mean I know she had a kid recently but why yeah. has it been and so long I, I'm honestly not totally I didn't realize it had been been that long. She's okay. made of money. Yeah, she's, she's just, just like, from yeah. Barbados. That's what she could do I think for like free. American celebrities. I don't know if there's a difference between like us and foreign celebrities, but like our celebrities just won't go away, <laughs> and they're well, never the music happy with all their especially. money. Yeah, yeah, like I think she might just be like an island chick who yeah. made hundreds of millions of dollars who just kind of went away and enjoyed herself. That is herself. my dream right now. All yeah. I know is his life. <laughs> so I was like, good for her. Like, why would she even I come I mean, back? Leon almost had that life. True. Never forget, Costa Rica. For, uh, another year Could have gone to Costa Rica. So sad. So sad. Um, no, I think that the woman put out seven albums in eight years. Mm-hmm. Very prolific. She's probably produced 60% of the American Top 40 over the last decade plus. Mm-hmm. Like that arrangement, and I said this on primetime, like speaking of Leon, like I, I thought that that arrangement in terms of which song she started with, how much she played from each song, which songs overlapped each other, mm-hmm. I thought it was perfect. Perfect, yes. That's it how was I felt. perfect. And whether you believe she was actually performing and she wasn't dancing, and I, I don't care. She is at the end of the day a musician, and I am sure she was the, the person who was in charge, you know, with a support team, obviously, with her mm-hmm. producers and designers and what have you, in arranging which songs came first. Yeah. And she did a phenomenal and job. And every that. order of why, and she had probably a reason to why every song went into another song, and I'm sure it was all, like, perfectly planned, and it felt that way to me. And I know last year, a lot of people loved last year's halftime show, and I hated last year's halftime show. It was, like, too clunky for me, too much, too many artists happening. I feel like I couldn't really enjoy, it was Mary like... Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Dr. Dre. Was on there. 
Nelly right? or 50 Cent? One of them. Yeah, one of them was. Because he was like hanging upside, upside down. down. Yeah. yeah. But there was just too much and too clunky. Like to me, I feel like I could thoroughly enjoy Rihanna. And that's what she was the halftime show. You so know? my only negative, I think probably because of last year and all the different guests, was when she made it seem like someone was going to join her. And obviously mm-hmm. the special guest ended up being her baby or whatever. But I kept waiting for someone to show up. And yeah. so I was a little distracted. This also is just me. You're I like don't, looking in the sky trying to see I, who's yeah, coming down. Like, who's going to be dropped from the sky? Like, this is going to be amazing. I do want to once again. a Chinese balloon. Like, I, do not, I do not need all those dancers. Like, yeah. I'm, I would have been fine if it was just Rihanna. Lots like, of dancers. I don't, yeah, I personally don't need all those dancers. Did you think Michelin men or Pillsbury Doughboys? <laughs> <laughs> what did Michelin you say? They were a little fatter. Yeah, they I were didn't think all in either. Shape. Yeah, they were all very in shape. And oh, by the way, when it comes to the lip syncing, have has anyone ever danced and tried to sing at the same time? Like no. you are so out of breath when you're dancing like that. Like of yeah. course you can't also sing. Of yeah. course you're lip syncing. And then she's pregnant. And, I yeah. thought, and even then, like I thought, like when she was suspended on the one platform and it was just her and the microphone, I really felt like she was singing for part of that. Like, and she might have been. And I think once she, she started dancing, yeah, then right, it's that she like, stopped singing and you heard the dub music, yeah, yeah because that's you heard, the, you heard the track. Excuse me, it's which, by the way, in 2014 when the Jaguars unveiled the video boards at the stadium, Carrie Underwood came and performed, and she was. It was July 25th, I know, because it was my birthday and it was mm-hmm. sweltering so hot. hot, and she was. Under the lights, bright lights, in black leather pants. And oh. I remember thinking, how is she not going to faint? And then it turns out she was pregnant during that performance and she had not yet announced it. And I was like, now oh I really God. don't know how she did God not bless. faint. And I mean, it was at least like 95 oh degrees gosh. at night. That's, there were people fainting in the stands watching her. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Doing yeah, I might have been close to that. <laughs> that also could have been uh, some of the vodka. All right. When we come back, uh, we are going to talk to Miranda from the players. And we have a special giveaway. You're listening to Hummus and Hills Driven by Tarot on 10 to next on 2.5 FM. Day starts with a coffee and ends with a wine. Takes forever in getting ready, so she's never on time. These heels are made for talking. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Well, it kind of scares me the way that she drives me wild. She drives me wild Beautiful, crazy She can't help but amaze me This is a perfect time for JJ to play Mia's song. I don't even have to ask whose song this is. Yeah. Because Luke Combs once played the Military Appreciation Concert at the Players as Miranda Rossum. PR manager joins us now. Do you love yourself some Luke Combs as much as we do? We love us some Luke Combs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's perfect, too, because Riley Green, our concert oh, yes. act, will be touring with Luke Combs this summer. That's so. yeah, that. Just like I drew it well. up. <laughs> Just like I drew it up. Absolutely. Mastermind Mia. I'll do what I can. I do what I can. How are you, friend? I'm good. How are y'all doing this Valentine's Day? Great. Well, you brought in some Galentine's Day uh, strawberries for us as well, which uh, even so though sweet of you. I, I don't eat fruit myself, the chocolate <laughs> is always fruit. appreciated. Yeah, I only eat three types of fruit. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> so sorry, interesting to me. I've opened a lot of can of worms on 1010XL today. Um, but yes, Miranda, here we are. We are now just, what, three weeks away from, from the practice rounds at the Players' Championship teeing off. Insane. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Some long hours, but we're doing great. Uh, but we cannot be more excited for everything that's in store. And 
I don't know if you guys tuned in amidst all the Super Bowl excitement, the waste management. We're just teeing up for some even more exciting golf in this next couple of weeks. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, Scotty Scheffler wins back-to-back years out in Phoenix. Um, was there a favorite moment for you from watching any of the the play this weekend, Miranda? I know a lot of folks were sending me the photos of uh, Ryan Palmer throwing the <laughs> golf balls with messages and $10 bills saying, go buy yourself a beer into the crowd. I love, I love Tom Kim. I think he's so fun and just adding some youth and energy to the game. So, A, having him mic'd up was just a really cool moment. But him wearing a Devin Booker jersey with Devin Booker in the crowd, just I think that took it to the next level. And I think it's really bringing a new energy to the game of golf that we haven't seen in a little while. And then tomorrow, the real big uh, youth movement begins. Uh, let the folks at home know what's coming on coming to Netflix. And you got a special sneak preview of a brand-new PGA Tour Netflix series. We did. Full Swing. It airs tomorrow, and it's going to be all available all at once, so you can binge watch it. Just uh, block your calendars this weekend. Uh, And a friend of the program, Stuart Moore, gets a special little preview sneak peek cameo in the first episode. Awesome. (laughs) And it's all on Netflix, which is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those help when you can sit there and, well, especially now, it's after the Super Bowl, so we have a little lull in between a lot of things, especially between now and the Players' Championship, and so we have something to watch, golf-wise, for the people I watched the there. trailer today because I was curious, and because I'd heard so many good things about it, and I was like, oh, this, everyone kept saying, like, oh, you're, you know, it's going to be really good, you're going to like it, and then I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, this is going to be juicy. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot wait. I am super excited. Yes, it's the same uh, company or producers that did the Formula One. So if you're a fan of that show, definitely tune in because it's going to provide like never before seen behind the scenes sneak peek into what it's like to be a PGA Tour golfer or just golf professional golfer Mm -hmm. in general. So it's going to be really cool. How did the puppies and putts event go? Oh, it went so well. Thank you so much for asking. Did you take any home? (laughs) Took a lot of restraint on my end. I almost went home with the cutest dog named Richie, but it took everything I had. But we were able to get a lot of dogs new homes. So Excellent. Just the warm and fuzzies. And they all got their cute little players bandanas oh. looking all snazzy. And another it. thing I love, too, the the players bandanas. And I said this to Miranda last week at Media Day. I do love, are you guys bringing back at Baptist Healthcare at all the hospitals, mm-hmm. all the newborns that are born in the city of Jacksonville, the week of Players Week, yet, what is it, onesies or what exactly? Or is it <laughs> it's, it's the onesies. And I think this year it's going to be a play on uh, the island green. So these babies are born on island time. Uh, oh, I love <laughs> that. I love awesome. it. I love well, that. And obviously that's one of the coolest things every year about the Players' Championship is the things they add and change. And every time you think it can't get any better, it gets a little better. So one of the things, obviously, is you kind of mentioned it to us earlier when we're because we were talking about waste management. So the 16th hole of waste management, there's a new, something new going on at the players and it's a double decker area around 16 17 tell us about that what's it looking like how do you get tickets to that a certain area or is it all inclu- what well, how does that work yes so as you imagine from moist management it's that cool it's that grandstand that electric atmosphere imagine that but we have two holes oh. so it's double the fun uh and it's also going to be really great that even if you don't have a ticket to that grandstand which is the all-inclusive mm-hmm. ticket, and I believe there are still some available. Those are on players.com slash tickets. But even so, it's that double-decker is going to free up so much more space for oh, just yeah. a, if you have a regular general admission ticket, so you'll be able to get more close to the yeah. action as well. So it's just going to add to that 
already crazy atmosphere at probably the most iconic finishing stretch of golf. So just twice as much fun with that 131 it. square, 131,000 square feet double decker. Check wow. me on my math. Me that's out. wild. <laughs> Your numbers girl. I'm, that's wild. No, I'm far from a numbers girl. I leave that accounting to my father. Um, but what's wild too is you're going to have that going on and that kind of backs up in a weird catty corner sort of way to uh, eight green, which you guys have also really expanded upon. And of course, nine T is looking a little different this year mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. We, so we eliminated that cart path. We pushed back nine T 30 yards. So that's all going to be that fan area. I think mm-hmm. we talked about a little bit last week, the Oasis, which is going to be the new benefactor, what have you, that oh, yes. chill fan zone. So, yeah. There's and that be backs a- up right to where the double decker is going to be. Correct. Too. And I was running uh, this morning before the gym, and I just like looked, and it has popped up out of nowhere, and it looks awesome. So you guys are in for a treat this year. And I'm always glad when Miami's there because I love Miami. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the app, that's new for this year, right? Mm-hmm. The PGA Tour app? Correct. Uh, So with the app, there's going to be a lot more faster loading times, which always, you know, debugging is Mm -hmm. number one. But also you'll be able to filter. So, for instance, I will be able to find Tom Kim, know exactly what hole he's at. And there's also augmented reality uh, added in. So you can be standing where you are and follow their shot path based off of where you are exactly on the course. So it's really cool. It's like the cutting edge of uh, technology that'll be available. You'll also be able to get like hole-in-one alerts, uh, merch alerts. You know, if the item that you're looking for is about to sell out, you'll mm-hmm. get a, a push notification on your phone. That's dangerous. Your that's <laughs> that's dangerous. Awesome. like, I got to go get this now. <laughs> I mean, now. running out of them. That's yeah. all the more reason, though, to also talk a little bit about opening weekend. Ew. We've had a couple people uh, text in. I know we had Jared Rice on primetime yesterday. And a couple people texting in looking for more information about what's going to be going down and when the fan shop will be open that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes. Friday, it'll be open from 10 to 5 that day. And then Saturday and Sunday, it'll be open from 12 to 5 each day. So you can skip the lines that you would have to deal with. And that way you can wear your clothes that mm-hmm. you bought at the tournament the next week. But we're also going to be having one blood on site on Saturday and Sunday. If you donate blood, you get a free ticket to Tuesday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and we'll also have a lot of food trucks on site as well. Awesome. And you can also uh, take a, t- a shot at the 17th hole challenge, which is our little mini replica of it. And that'll be a good opportunity to skip the line for that as well, because that's a fan favorite. Love it. I think we were live there last year. So, hey, listen, maybe maybe we are again this year. I'll have to double check that one. Um, and then, At the replica? Yeah, the yeah, replica. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where we were live last year at the Friday thing. Uh, at the Friday opening weekend, I should say. Uh, but since you brought up the food trucks, vendors, yes. give us a, a, the rundown of who we got this year. Yes. Full. Everyone who you loved last year is back. Tacos on 12 is yeah. back. Uh, Silky Champagne Bar and Waffles is Amazing. back. Yes, Amazing. Uh, mini Bar Donuts. ABBQ, Mojo's, Bonos. There's another barbecue I'm forgetting. Four Rivers. Yes. Uh, as well as new this year, we have the Goat Tapas Bar from Jack's Beach. And then a lot of great uh, food and drink, uh, food and beverage options, uh, yeah. beverage options as well. Well, one of the things, too, because you mentioned the app, another cool thing that's on the app this year is an actual kind of like 
map to where you it can take you. So if you do not know where all of the different restaurants are and stuff, that's a really cool new correct. feature for that because that was not there last year, correct? Correct. If you've had a few too many Mayomi yes. wines. <laughs> you need a little extra direction. <laughs> or you need to find your way back to the ride chair. You need to get your Uber back home. Then you can just type it in and it'll tell you exactly where to go. When it. you guys debrief after tournaments, what's kind of the, the biggest feedback or most popular feedback that you hear and that you all discuss? Um, I mean, always number one is parking okay. and traffic. You're never going to be able to please everyone with right. that. And we're actually, I think, the only PGA Tour tournament that has parking on location, which is not something that you think about. Most other tournaments bus you in from, like, a, a neutral location. But we've done a lot to mitigate that this year. There's a free shuttle in Nocatee on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of the tournament. It's at three local elementary schools. You can park there for free and then shuttle Perfect. into the tournament. We also have a downtown Jacksonville shuttle, and then we've also expanded our golf cart and bike parking if okay. you are looking to bike or ride over to the players. And then, of course, there's ride share as Correct. well, too. Correct. Love it. Yeah, so Tiger is going to be playing this week. Yay. Do you guys talk about, like, what if Tiger plays the players, or is that just something that you keep at bay until we get closer? Yeah, I think we don't want to get our hopes up too much, but at the same time, it is his 10-year anniversary of his win in 2013. Ooh. And the fact that he's committed to play this week just gives us a little hope. Yes, a little <laughs> bit. And, I mean, he's just – everyone loves Tiger. I mm -hmm. think Max Homa said uh, – no, no surprise that his leg is bothering him. And he said, we'll carry him around the course if we have to, if it means that he ha that he gets to play. So it just means so much for everyone to be there, especially because no one has been able to defend since his win in 2013. So maybe he can come back and win a third. That's very we true. We know we will not have a defending, uh, yeah. repeat defending no. champion this year. this year. <laughs> yeah, not happening this year. Tough luck. Um, but on the Tiger front, too, um, I think it's worth noting that he said he doesn't want to just play the majors. He does need to have some supplemental tournaments in there. So, listen, Jacksonville is only a, you know, five-hour drive, four-and-a-half-hour drive from Jupiter. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, not awful. He was here last year for the World Golf Hall of Fame. He saw it, easy little, and he even then he flew. So, it's all good. Largest but, purse. Why not? Why not? And he gets to come back, and he gets to see all those beautiful restaurants that he loves in the Ponte Vedra, Jacksonville area, and gets to hang out in the River City by the ocean. Yeah, I Who do wouldn't? love that you said, like, five, four and a half to five-hour drive. Like, Tiger drives. Yeah. 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 I remember last year when he came for the World Golf Hall of Fame induction, we were, like, monitoring his private, private jet. jet. Yeah, we were literally monitoring it, and I was like, yep, casual little, uh, you know, 25-minute up and down. Oh, that nice. sounds like. <laughs> if you're life. wondering how important Tiger Woods is, we track his jet on the. <laughs> and Max Home is going to personally carry him from yes. the jet to he the will course. Literally be carrying him. I in. have I have lots of friends that will sign up. That if they could carry Tiger Woods, they absolutely will. <laughs> All right, Miranda, we've got a pair of tickets to the players on Wednesday, March eighth, plus a fifty dollars gift card to ABBQ, who you mentioned. Caller number three right now at six four one ten ten. Caller number three six four one ten ten will win that prize pack. And Wednesday's a great day. I know a lot of people. Think of Tuesday for the concert, and then, of course, when the real action starts on Thursday. But Wednesday, I used to go in the afternoons before I worked in the afternoons, and that was one of my favorite days to go out, and you have such great access to the golfers. Yeah. Go to the autograph zone. You yep. just hang out, get some good selfies by 17 without anyone in your way. And even if you're over by the driving range, too. Sure. I mean, for, for what it's worth, that's not a designated autograph zone, but a lot of players are known to, uh, yeah, a lot of the golfers are known to kind of just, like, pop over. Not autographs, but... You know, talk to the locals. Meet and greets. Meet and greets. So, not a bad idea. You're going to get up close and personal way more at the driving range than at, at TPC Sawgrass than you can most other major golf courses. And that's in general. That goes for the weekend as well.
Totally agree. All right, Miranda, thank you. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy, Happy Valentine's. Valentine's or Galentine's, depending on what you're celebrating today. We've got NFL to get into next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tyra Outlet on Tintin XL and 92.5 FM. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. When it's cold outside, I've got the month of May. These heels are made for talking. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. JJ, did you serenade the lovely Blake with this song this morning? This is my song for you, ladies. Oh, yes. how sweet. This is one of my favorites. I love all That's because we went to work today. So. <laughs> yeah, yes, I have respect for you guys. Showed up on time. That's right. This song makes me very happy. Not sad happy, just happy <laughs> in general. Happy. Uh, JJ, did we just make someone also very happy with the players? Yes, giveaway? congratulations, John. Okay, congratulations, John. Who may go by Jack. Or, like Tom or Brady. JJ. We found or that JJ. out during the break that one of Tom Brady's sons goes by Jack, even though he's a John. We so also I'm... found out that, indeed, the Jaguars' happy birthday post to Trent Baalke was yes. in reference to Many Men, the song. Called it. Like yes. You did, JJ. My late Excellent two, job. Early 2000s rap, uh, I guess, information. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah, that's the better word. Uh, came through. Thank God. Well done. <laughs> Finally. Yes. It, it might be the only time <laughs> it does on this show because we don't talk a lot of rap, but either way. Uh, Taylor Dahl, we are two weeks away from the Combine. The Fringy Show will fly up on Tuesday in two weeks. And so who do you want us to zero in on, even though we're not certainly a Bears mm-hmm. uh, show by any means? But, but who can you, you give me some insights? Yeah, if you were running the show... Who would you want inside on? All right, so there's a, there's a few. Okay, um, obviously, like notes. the biggest need for the Bears right now is off both sides of the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, both terrible this last season. Obviously, they allowed Justin Fields to get sacked 55 times. Offensive line did some of that, and I briefly mentioned before there was a ton of injuries, but still, the other side we had the least or second least amount of sacks on the defensive line and or in general as a whole as a defense as a whole, but the line was even worse. Our leading sack. Our person who had the most sacks on our team was our safety rookie, Jaquan Brisker. That's how bad the defensive line was last year. So, number one, um, offensive tackle. You guys probably know this name because he's a massive human being and it went viral. But Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. Um, this man's huge. He's 6'8". He is, so you'll probably be able to see him from wherever mm-hmm. you are sitting in this place. But the crazy part was is that he has an 89.5-inch wingspan which the reason one of the reasons last year that Trayvon Walker started to skyrocket so much is because his was 84 and a fourth and that was like insane and this guy's is 89 and a half but uh, so one of the guys I talked to for my Bears podcast his name's Ryan Roberts he's uh one of the founder of Ryzen Draft so his thing is just kind of focusing in on the draft but he was at the senior bowl so he kind of gave me some insight of this guy and he was like He's going to be good, but like a part of that, he, there's definitely some deve- development that needs to happen, but he's so big that it's going to be almost impossible for anybody to get around him because he's just a massive human being as long as he can obviously stay in shape and there's other factors in, that go into that. That reminds me of Trent or Trenton Brown from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's how massive. almost saying the similar things, yeah. And so he was just mentioning another name that I also would like, Isaiah Foskey, but he was going up against Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame a lot 
And as Isaiah, Isaiah Foskey is like a major power rusher. And he's like, he's good. That's another name I want to look out for. But they were just like, man, like he could not get around Juwan Jones. That's just impossible. But a, a few other guys out of that, John Michael Schmitz, he's a center out of Minnesota. Um, he, the Bears need a center very, very badly. That's probably the one. If I could pick one position on the offensive line to fix this season, it would be that position. Um, from what I've heard, he was one of the most consistent during all of the senior bowl things. So it would be interesting to see how, you know, how he looks once it's at the combine. And uh, Jalen. we do know from here in Jacksonville that you can have a rookie center mm -hmm. and not take a step back, yeah. which obviously which going, I, there's not much we can step back. <laughs> for you guys, yes, yes absolutely. For the Jaguars. That O-line's been stepping back a lot <laughs> yeah. and getting yeah. ran over. You got that right. But, yeah, I mean, the Jaguars went from Brandon Linder, who at one point had made the, mm -hmm. the Pro Bowl, to a rookie center, and we yeah. kind of wondered – would there be any issues? Yeah. But obviously, he look, was fantastic. Especially by the end of the season, you most people wouldn't have even guessed he was a rookie if you yeah. were just watching a game from the outside. Yeah, so obviously, that's uh, Jalen Duncan. He's an offensive tackle out of Maryland. Those are a few of the offensive line guys. Obviously, the defensive side of the ball, because the Bears have the number one pick, if they don't end up trading down, the main thing that they're looking at is, okay, are you picking Willie Anderson? Or are you picking Jalen Carter? So those two names are big. but if Which you, position do you need more? Both. Honestly, truly both. But the same kind of page we are on here, Lauren, I want an interior because I just okay. think that just creates so much. It just creates so many other opportunities. And to me, we do have two young ends that just didn't get to really shine towards the once we got rid of Robert Quinn and a bunch of the other defensive players. And last year they showed a little bit of potential. But I, I do think that if we had some sort to anchor in the middle it may be able to help one of those guys on the outside a little more but I keep I go back and forth between these two every week because every time I watch film on one of them mm -hmm. it's I mean they're just fantastic and every person I've talked to I'll talk to Joe Marino and he says Will Anderson's the best I talked to Ryan Roberts he says Jalen Carter's the best so I don't I know, know Jalen Carter and Will Anderson both got draft love a year before they were even going to be yeah. eligible and so they've that's been, a good sign <laughs> yeah they've been certainly like, more scrutinized than even a lot of other players oh, yeah. and to still be a, this high because a lot of times you'll get a high report on someone or high, they'll get high draft grades and then you watch them that season you're like actually mm, you weren't yeah. as good as what we were because now you're focusing in on those guys right. and you're actually watching them every single game yeah, and that's I'm trying to think Florida had a cornerback that that exact script played out and now I'm blanking on his name but before the season was supposed to be super high, mm -hmm. and then postseason did not get drafted nearly as high. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, I don't know. So those two, I keep going back and forth, but that's if they stay, or maybe if they trade with the Colts, they'll still be able to get one of those at four. But if they end up trading further than that, there's a few names, Miles Murphy and Tyree Wilson, uh, two other defensive line players that I really like. Will McDonald, he's, a, you might know him, Mia. He's yes, out I of do. Iowa State. There's a couple, I have an Iowa Star State guy on my list. at the Senior Bowl, by the way. Everyone at the yes. Senior Bowl raved about him. Yeah, because apparently he's not super big, but he put on a good amount of weight within the last couple months. So, and they were saying- He's he, not alone. It was football season. <laughs> yeah. yeah like Lots everybody. of people did. Um, but every Everyone said he he really stood out, and especially with a, that little extra weight on him. Uh, the the main things with me this season is they said that the O line, there's a a lot of good talent on the offensive line in this draft, but it's a lot of de developmental guys, like not many that are going to be ready to full on like go and be able to start in the NFL. At least from what we've seen so far, you always get surprises with that. Um, but the defensive line, from everything I heard, is like the bread and butter of this draft, which is good for the Jaguars. It's good for the Bears. It's good for all of that. Obviously, wide receiver is another one. Quentin Johnson out of TCU. 
name. I, I I'm very interested in him. Yeah, obviously like Jansen. Yeah, even with Calvin Ridley, I think he'd be a stud. Yeah, and, and that's what. There's another, a few other later ones. Another name you may know, Xavier Hutchinson. Yep, he had a lot. Or some trail. A lot of people in this neck of the woods are very familiar with that. Yes. Um. So he's another one. He's out of Iowa. He is more of like a day three guy. I've heard, but. He has. They were just talking about how much he can create separation, and not just on the ground, but in the air. And Ryan Roberts went into a lot of detail with that, with me of just like most people just think that you can only separate on the ground, but that's that's not the case of a lot of times. But Jalen Hyatt, another wide receiver, and Zay Flowers, another wide receiver. Those are a lot of names that, um, if you want to, you know, take an extra look at any of those. I like all of those, uh, and I am always the person who. At the Combine, we don't get to necessarily see a lot of the actual activity because of kind of where the radio row is. Mm -hmm. The only activity that I – I've only been once, and it was 2020. And I, if I remember correctly, bench press was the only thing that we could like physically mm-hmm. see. And then you end up watching more of it on television and, and things like that. But it's always interesting to hear the different people, the national people, and then GM coaches, things like that, talk about the prospects. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can literally like their eyes will light up. Certain a, names. A, absolutely. Yeah. Like Jordan Davis was one of those guys. Speaking of, you're talking mm-hmm. about Jalen Carter from Georgia, Jordan Davis, also from Georgia, massive human being and like just super impressive. And I'm sure had we gone to the combine last year, Trayvon Walker and Ann Hutchinson would have been names that, yeah. of course, they went one and two, but those would have been the names where the eyes would have lit up. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, and that's what it, it, that's one of the things we talked to Ryan Roberts about because obviously when you talk about the combine, you hear a lot about like their measurables and right. all of these like Small statistics hands. and numbers. Yeah, like what what are the things that when you come to are they an athlete? Like you use you hear that word a lot, but one of the things that he really went in depth about was. How important, because this is where coaches really find out about the guy, because at the end of the day, they're football players, but they're also human beings. And we've seen certain ones not work out because of certain whatever their situations. Yeah, whatever the off field or locker room, whatever those things may be. And so that's when he was like, you sometimes you don't focus as much on that. But it really is important because that's when you find out how much how like how well these guys can learn and understand a playbook. That's obviously very important because we've seen plenty of players who are just mega athletes and then they get to the NFL and can't keep up because they can't understand the playbook or learn it fast enough or whatever the situation may be. So that's what's cool about the combine because you guys get that like back-end version of you're seeing the coaches being like, man, this guy, he's smart. (laughs) He can learn the playbook. He can understand the playbook. He's a good leader. Like you'll find out all of those things. Yeah, what I feel bad for for the players is, I mean, if – all 32 teams are interviewing you, that's a lot. Yeah, I know. A lot. Mm -hmm. I think what's most fascinating for me as I'm scrolling through some mock drafts myself right now, uh, having to scroll a little bit to Mm -hmm. see where the Jacksonville Jaguars land and also knowing that for the first time in quite some time, other things are going to have to happen on the board for the Jaguars to get certain players. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's so fascinating to me um, especially, you know, hearing some of the names that, you know, they're rumored, they're, they, the Jags are rumored to be interested in. Um, if there's a run on quarterbacks at the top, who drops? Does that change the priority? Because I can tell you right now, I mean, the Jaguars are focused in the defensive back area, whether that's a corner, whether that's a safety, whether it's a true nickel, whether it's a safety who can play both in the nickel and then also eventually move to the safety position in a couple of years down the line or even outside. That is the focus right now from what I've been told on mm-hmm. day one and day two of the NFL draft for them. And so, That is also knowing, though, full well that what happens if a premier edge rusher or if a Michael Mayer falls to you? Yeah. How do you pivot? And I think that's what's going to be so fun in this neck of the woods uh, because 
that really hasn't happened. Yeah. You know, I, I well, even, but like, last year, yeah. remember they moved from thirty three to twenty seven to get Devin Lloyd mm-hmm. based off of and what had happened fun. on the board. Yeah. So I feel like they they at least we have at least seen them pick kind of in this area based off of how they did it last year. Right, absolutely. Um, so I, I think we got a little bit of the taste of that, but I think, like, you know, you're talking even scrolling, you know, I'm scrolling through Chad Reuter of NFL.com's, you know, three-round mock draft he posted yesterday, and, like, you know, even in the third round, like, like, like let's go to his third round, and, you know, the fact that guys that, you know, you might not have thought would be available in the third round potentially could be, um, mm-hmm. whether, you know, that's Cedric Tillman, who many believe is actually the more um, elite wide receiver, not Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, whether that's Derek Hall, the Auburn edge rusher, who some people have mocked to the Jaguars in the first round at number 24. He has him going in the third round. And so it also brings into question, like, where what your priorities are in free agency and then how that affects where you go in the draft. And that's a million-dollar question, too. And, Taylor, I know with the Bears, you guys are wondering that as well. Because you're wondering, who are we re-signing? Who are we signing in free agency? Mm-hmm. And then that'll dictate who then we go out and draft. Or do you say, we are definitively going to draft a corner in the first or second round who is going to be a starter from day one? And then all of a sudden, if, you know, like in theory, like, you know, Michael Mayer falls to you mm-hmm. and then B.J. Ojolari is there. Yeah. You know, like that's going to be hard to say no to. Which And that's what's, even this time of year, we're already starting to see, obviously the mock drafts sometimes are a little crazy to me, but when you look at just like big boards, like the guys that are just full in on their draft and you look at the their big boards, some of these guys like uh, Brian Brzee out of at Clemson, the interior guy, he was at like five or six yep. on their big board a month ago. He's dropped to 17 already. And I don't know if that's just because – Maybe there's so many. The interior is so strong on this that it starts to make it a little more competitive and certain guys will rise and fall as things happen throughout the offseason. Or if so, for something happened that they just didn't like at the senior bowl, who knows? But in the next month, we see a lot of these guys start to do that. And at that point, it's up to the Jags if it's worth it to take a guy like that at 17 when you need that interior. And moreover, you're – yeah. I lost my train of thought. Continue. <laughs> I'm so I'm so in the draft, like multi, doing multiple things, sure. and, and then I just looked over at the timeline and I saw a picture of a dog. Uh, happens to the best of us. Happens to the best of us. I think for me, if they have Evan Ingram back and Manhurts is back, then I don't think Michael Mayer makes sense there. But at the same time, this is the best part of having Doug Peterson as the head coach is because and and Balky's done a great job. Don't get me wrong. But I have full faith that Doug Peterson knows exactly what he wants out of his tight ends. Mm-hmm. And if he thinks that that's the perfect tight end, then by all means draft him. And I won't question it at that and point. And I think time. there's a lot of people who just assume because Doug had great tight ends in Philly that therefore he wants great tight ends in Jacksonville. What if I told you he just wants playmakers and he's going to figure mm-hmm. out with what he's got? Because that's what he did this past year. And that's why I won't be surprised. Uh, and I know that a lot of our listeners don't want to hear this. I'm not going to be surprised if they go defense, defense, defense in the first three rounds. I'm just not. And it's it's crazy to think because this defense did really come on of late, but there are still holes they need to address, and there is certainly depth that needs to be addressed because, you know, they're going to have to pay the piper eventually down the line. They're going to well, have to pay Trevor Lawrence. They're going to have to pay Travis Etienne, Walker Little, Andre Sisco, Tyson Campbell. And when you pay those guys, you may have to say goodbye to some of the veteran guys. And how do you fill those positions? Cheap cheap rookie contracts. Well, and I think also because of the way they did the draft last year, it may surprise people because of the defensive heavy towards the front. But obviously, I think that once once we got through this season, we started getting a little more comfortable for the defense. But we've mentioned many, many positions that are okay. Like maybe this could take a step up. Are we fully confident that – that Trayvon and Devin Lloyd are going to be what you expected from last year. And if they love somebody on the board that could 
potentially replace one of those guys, do you think they would hesitate? To replace them? Uh, or compete would... with them? But yeah. you wouldn't do that too high. This is like second, third round, you know. You have to remember, too, that this is a, a front office and a, and a coaching staff that took something that was mediocre in linebacking core on this roster and said goodbye to Miles Jack, went mm-hmm. out and signed Foye Aluakin, literally dismantled the linebacker room, and then went out and back and drafted two linebackers in the first two days of the NFL draft who both started at times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their mindset was we take something that maybe it's not a detriment, but it's also not a strength, and we make it a strength. Mm-hmm. So I think it absolutely could happen. In the last few years, I've been so incredibly opinionated on what I think the Jaguars should do, and now I just kind of want to sit back and watch it all happen. I mean, I do think the Jaguars need to re-sign Juwan Taylor, I think that's important. Having three tackles, I think, is is really necessary because guys go down. We saw it with Cam Robinson. An offensive line to protect your franchise quarterback is so important. But then the rest of it, it's like, all right, I just the, it's a chess piece or it's a chess match, and I'll just watch the pieces fall into place. And mm-hmm. I have almost no stress when it comes to the draft and that and free agency, and that is a beautiful feeling. Although the last time that happened was 2018 for the Jaguars, <laughs> and we all know how that went. Uh, more <laughs> NFL and a hoops update. One segment to go here on Helmets and Heels, driven by Tara Outlet on 10 to next on 92.5 FM. I see the crystal raindrops fall and the beauty of it all is when the sun comes shining through. These heels are made for talking. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Just the two of us. I love having the music theme back. Me too. Well done, JJ. Well done, Grover Washington. Also true. So what's ah. next week? Next week we will see what the stars align. What will be next? <laughs> Tell week? us. I It'll no be idea. the day after President's Day, which means nothing. <laughs> yeah, what a lame holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and for us, it means absolutely nothing. By the uh, way, did basketball. you guys know that, that, that Mia asked when she got hired if we get off for President's Day, and Steve told her yes? <laughs> I was like, we've never I won. I did not we did. Office staff gets off. Right. Oh, no. I see. I, I see. didn't know. So, Office staff so sh- gets off? Mm-hmm. They always get off. Yeah, you're right about that. But <laughs> wow. No, they only – it's – it's President's Day, Memorial Day. Fridays. Oh, well, they do Close early on. Oh, yeah, my God. Are you walk in on a Friday at not, like 4 o'clock? Oh, yeah, it's that's true. Yeah, but there are, most of these people are also here for like eight, not, not them. Some of the salespeople are not, but we are here for eight, nine hours a day. So I we just consider you a trust. radio person, though. I'm both, but I get the privileges of being on <laughs> Which evidently I do, too. Who would have thought? I think you have to work on Monday, Mia. I hate to break it to you. You don't? No, she she's off. Well, she had rec- she had asked off. Oh, previously. That was why I asked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cuz I was going to say I she had another bad news for you. You, you, have, have, you yeah. are absolutely you right. Have to remember, yeah, that's what I said. You have to remember I was a, a slave. I mean, I worked in local news for the past 8 years of my life. So, um you didn't get any days yeah, off, no I'm days assuming. off, uh, truly. Bill Belichick uh, really was talking about local news. Uh, so that's why I never know. For the love of the game. Yeah, like, I don't know. I still don't know what it's like to have weekends off. Like, I still can't wrap my head around it. But and you had last weekend off. I've had 10 months of weekends off. Well, no, you haven't. Well, I've had football, but like yeah. outside of football, like I still like don't, like, or even like the thought that like when the Jaguars had games on Saturdays, that I would be off on Sunday. Like, that still is a foreign concept to my brain after a decade plus of 
not, not having that. Right, exactly. <laughs> like you're looking around like, oh, shouldn't I be working right now? Um, so that's why I asked because my brain is still not fully in normal civilization well once you get used to it uh waking up on saturday and sunday and the off season is glorious yeah (laughs) seriously it's been wild i I got out of bed at 11 oh wow yeah which is like not something i do yeah i will say the the best part about my job i mean i have a lot of great parts about my job but one of the best things about my job is i do not have to set an alarm clock ever Mm-hmm. Like there is no chance I could ever be late to a 3 p.m. show because I <laughs> have some overslept. Major but like, you also wake up earlier than those of us that set alarms. Well, that is about to also say. true. Yes. But I don't ever have to set an alarm, which is nice. And I did work on the drill for about a six month period. And that alarm went off about 5 a.m. And yeah, that's I was there. Actually, yeah, you did that too, Taylor. It That is very early in the day. Yes. I will tell you that there was when I... Before I only did 1010 because obviously I, I bartended also. So that part of my life was just so hectic because I worked like six days a week at the restaurant, but then was also here five days. And like how my schedule went, I would have to, I would come in and then leave here at like five and then have to go close the bar. So by the time I like work and close the bar, sometimes then go and close another bar. But I, by the time I would get home and like, ate and showered and everything it would be like 2 a.m and then I'd have to get back up and like do it all over again so there was a couple days that I was late for my 3 p.m time (laughs) to be at work Michelle would be calling me and she'd be like where are you and I'm like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I just woke up (laughs) yeah that is a hectic schedule I am much more everybody knows I'm much more go to bed early wake up early Mm -hmm. I can handle that for the people that are the night owls they could never they could never have my schedule right I don't see that's what I can't do. Like I'm never awake at 1 a.m. just going, all right, what am I going to do next? <laughs> like I know people that's when they clean. Oh, yeah, no. And like do catch up on stuff like launch it. Like, no, I would much rather wake up at six o'clock in the morning and get all that stuff done mm-hmm. and then have right. the rest of my morning. Uh, OK, so we have talked so much on this show about two quarterbacks for the past few years, not mm-hmm. just the past few months, one being Derek Carr and mm-hmm. one being Aaron Rodgers. Let's start with Derek Carr. In the end, Mia, does Derek Carr actually win, even though we, yes, we kind of joked about how the Raiders didn't make the postseason and things like that, but now he's going to be released from the Raiders and he gets to pick his team and he'll make another huge boatload of money. Yep. If anything, if you're the Raiders, that's what's more surprising to me is that they weren't able to negotiate a trade so that they at least would get something in return for well, Derek Well, his contract Hart. and the no trade clause, I thought all along was going to make that complicated. Right. Exactly. Um, so I guess the return is you don't have to pay that $40 million, which, all right, cool. You know, that, that that's great. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think that they could have negotiated with one of these other teams to maybe, you know, get out from underneath like 20 million of it or something like that. And maybe you still get a player or a draft pick in return, um, which I mean, do they actually, does the return player actually amount to anything? We, we can't say for certain. But the other part of this, Lauren, too, is if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, not only are you getting out from underneath of Derek Carr's contract, but now do you go out and are you signing or trading for another premier quarterback who you are also going to have to pay or are you drafting a quarterback in which case you're either waving a white flag and saying we're rebuilding this year or this kid's gonna start right away and be great which I mean listen unless it's you know Bryce Young I mean maybe CJ Strom like I don't think there's anybody in this quarterback class that's gonna be able to do that and so that's a real big risk if you if you go that route so are they banking similar to what the Denver Broncos experienced a year ago 
on a certain Aaron Rodgers coming out of the darkness and heading into the desert? That's the question because that's the only match I see yeah. right now unless you're going to go out and sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. And, and that's what's it's so interesting. But I guess that they got to the point where they were like, all right, well, it doesn't seem like this as the guy anyways. We're not getting where we need to get with Derek Carr. And now there's this full-on split between – him and the coaching staff and the locker room and everything else. Um, it's a little wild how it's ended up working for the Raiders because they go and the Pro Bowl happens and he has he's like the best quarterback at the Pro Bowl. And then that's who he is. I know, I know. Those moments are when yes. like Derek Carr will shine. Yes. And, yeah, and so that's it. But to them, they're probably like, "Cool, like this <laughs> is gonna be fun." Because what do you do? Like, and I think they were hoping that they'd find a team that he'd agree to be traded. To. Yes, yeah. But I kind of felt like all along like. The moment you have the no trade clause, you're going to exercise that mm-hmm. and you're going to then wait to get a brand new contract. Yeah. And the two teams that obviously it's really shined light on that he visited the Saints mm-hmm. and then like so Saints and Panthers are the two teams that it seems like are kind of in the main talks when it comes to Derek Carr, which is, I guess, makes sense. But at the same time, when you're looking at it on the, on the from the Raiders perspective, it's who knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. We're waiting like I said before, he whatever he gets out of his thing and decides if he's going to stay in Green Bay. He was on McAfee's show today and kind of made a comment at the end, like 18 years, like it's always going to be my home, blah, blah, blah. And so people are going to say, okay, does that mean like you're, it's always going to be home, but you're going somewhere else or it's always going to be your home, meaning you'll play there until you're done playing. And the speculation of, will he really want to do that the same year as Tom Brady retires? And so there's all these things that the Aaron Rodgers game is going to go on for a little bit. Um, but other than that, really the only logical thing you can think of is Jimmy Garoppolo. And you're like, are, are you going to do that? Can you do that? What will it take to do that? I will throw a wrench into all of this because, Mia, you mentioned the draft quarterbacks, quarterbacks in this draft. I think Hendon Hooker could go somewhere and could potentially start right away if it was the right offense. And that is, a- and if he comes back fully healthy, sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which, Which is, I, I think he will. I think Chase Young's uh, comeback from ACL, uh, from his ACL tear, has kind of prompted people to say, "Hey, don't just assume." Right. With modern medicine, it's a six to eight month recovery as mm-hmm. opposed to an eight to twelve month recovery. When did he- when did Hendon Hooker? Been November. November. Okay. Because I felt like I saw an article not even that long ago, and they were like, "Oh, there." He's saying by like April, he'll be able to start like running, and I'm like. This is incredible. Well, for what yeah. it's worth, and JJ, I saw you retweeted this. Um, the video of Kyler Murray, uh, apparently yeah. six weeks since his ACL tear. So the new coach, um, who I don't know, is Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon. Gannon. Yeah, he was in the building today, and there, there's a video. They're like, well, you know, Kyler's in the back working out. And so they go back there, and he is, which I'm surprised by. Obviously, I don't know anything about, like, how long it mm-hmm. takes until you're supposed to do this or that, but... For everyone, you know, calling this guy lazy over the last year, it's impressive to me. I'm glad I, I got to see that. You know, his video game yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and all, and not not knowing the playbook or or whatever else Having was alleged study about extra, this was guy. That him? Yeah, yeah, it was. They originally put in the contract that he'd have to study like independently four hours mm-hmm. a week, and then they took it out, which that is just so silly. Because when I do remember Kyler at his best, he's yep. one of the funnest players to watch in the league. Mm-hmm. He certainly is, and and I do think Hendon Hooker could kind of be in that model, and as well as you know the other mobile quarterbacks that we talk about, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, all that thing, all those things. Like, what about he had a good Richardson? Arm. You don't you don't think he can go somewhere and 
I think he is the biggest wild card in the draft mm-hmm. based off of every snap that I've watched yeah. him take. I think he's going to ex- be exceedingly good at the combine because mm-hmm. he is a f- at- he is an athletic freak, let alone athletic quarterback freak. I just don't know that he will pick up the offense as quickly as if he's going to start right away. The mm-hmm. perfect situation is if he's able to be drafted to a team, say the Seahawks, who are going to play Geno Smith this season. And then he's the backup quarterback for at least a portion of the season. The only problem with that is the moment Geno Smith throws three interceptions, fans clamor for AR, which is what happened here with Chad Honey Blake Bortles. Play the kid, play the kid, play the kid. That was the saying here. And so if he has to start right away, that's when I start to wonder. So that's what I was going to say before I saw the beautiful picture of the puppy, um, which unfortunately (laughs) was actually a therapy dog at Michigan State in light of the tragedy last night, which our prayers and thoughts obviously go to all the victims and the entire Michigan State community. Um, But it was an adorable good boy who who was giving out puppy kisses and puppy hugs. So that was why I got distracted in saying um, I fully anticipate you mentioned – What's his name? Brian Burris. Uh, yeah. Yes, Burisi out of Clemson, mm-hmm. how he's kind of dropped. I would fully expect guys like AR, after they do test well at the combine, which we are fully expecting him to, yeah, he will. that's where the quarterback shuffle is going to begin. And oh, yeah. we saw it with Trayvon Walker last year. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, this name Trayvon Walker that – Four months earlier, no one was really talking about him, and suddenly the rumors are flying that he's a top-five pick based on the measurables. And so I think we haven't seen the last of, especially in my opinion, the corner position, which is the deepest position in this 2023 class. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen guys rising and falling truly until the Underwear Olympics takes place in two weeks' time. And that is pretty much what it is. Uh, Really quick, because we were talking about the – other quarterback we talked too much about but it was just really funny because it's one of my favorite thing things I've seen on the internet this last week because when Aaron Rodgers went on and was talking about his darkness retreat he's doing Mm -hmm. a Packers fan retweeted Ian Rappaport's tweet because Rappaport was like QB Aaron Rodgers will soon enter the darkness going into isolation to make a decision if he wants to trade Green Bay will work with him to facilitate it sources say if he does want to trade that was Rappaport's tweet so Packers fan retweeted it and said great so our future depends on if this MF sees his shadow after coming out of the hole. <laughs> He's not wrong. And by the way, to by the way, uh, on the Pat McAfee show today, Aaron Rodgers confirmed that he is possibly filming his darkness oh, retreat God. experience. I'm not sure how you how? film. <laughs> It's audio. You won't be able to see anything unless and he's got... And then he's also quiet the whole time, so it's really... Unless nothing. he's got some military-grade, retrograde light going that's what, on. Oh, like the like weird, a, like, night vision, but then yeah. you just le- look creepy and your eyes are glowing. And, and green, like, you're just yeah, He already always looks creepy, Breathing. Right? That's <laughs> Breathing. a wrap for us. We're going into darkness until next Tuesday night. You have been listening to... Aaron Rodgers will be out by then. We'll have stories. You got that right. Uh, don't go anywhere into the night with Rick Ballou is next. Happy Valentine's, everybody.